Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are live broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in Alpharetta, right on Windward Parkway. Uh, folks, if you are tired of, you know what I mean when I say this, the big bank experience. Yes, the computer-generated voices, they really don't want to talk to you. You know what I mean. I don't have to go through the list. Uh, if you're getting tattooed in that way and you would like a better solution to your banking needs for your business, go to renaissancebank.com, find their local office, and give them a call. And you'll get a live person, or if they're busy with another client, they'll actually call you back. Imagine that. They will call you back, uh, a real person, and uh, make an appointment with you, and you can come in and chat with them about what your needs are. I think you'll find that Renaissance is big enough to handle pretty much any need you have, uh, but small enough to do it in a personal way. I know that myself personally, which is why uh, we we, uh, are sitting here inside Renaissance Bank. So, uh, Give them a give them a, uh, a call. Uh, uh, go check them out. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Daniel Noto. Daniel is with Noto Consulting Group. Daniel, welcome. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Something tells me you own Noto Consulting Group. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the name kind of gives it away. There. Yeah, it kind of gives it away. Uh, well, let's talk about how you're serving folks through. Noto Consulting Group. Sure. Um, and again, uh, so thank you very much for having me today. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, Noto Consulting Group, in the, in the bigger scheme of things, it's mechanical system consulting. And the, the layman's term for mechanical system is your HVAC, you know, your air conditioning, your heating, ventilation, air conditioning. Um, I spent about 20 years on the design side, creating drawings, working with architects, working with contractors. And over the last few years, I started finding myself spending honestly spending more time uh, worrying about the spelling and the font size on the drawings than the engineering going into them. Mm. Uh, I started getting a bit too far from why I got into engineering, you know, to begin with why, why I went to Georgia tech, why I wanted to be an engineer when I was a kid in high school. Um, it was to solve problems. And I was finding myself that I wasn't really solving many problems other than, you know, Hey guys, you misspelled this word. Right. And that's not that, that, that wasn't scratching the itch for me. Mm. And, um, what, what I found was that, you know, I wanted to get back to that. And, uh, what we do, we offer three main services as Noto Consulting Group. There's expert witness consulting, peer review, and third party review. So that's just, you know, that's kind of what people refer to as the second set of eyes. And last thing is the mechanical building system consulting. Hmm. And that's really, that's the problem solving. That's, Hey, I'm, you know, everyone will know if it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too humid, it's too dry, it's too loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody knows what's wrong. Mm. And to to give you an idea of where I feel I can fit in, and I've talked to a lot of people, and they've said, you know, you're, it seems like you're filling a need, and that's that's kind of what I'm going after here. Is I'm not taking the spot of, you know, the 
the repairmen and the mm-hmm. technicians, right? right. If, if something's wrong with your air conditioner, you need to call them. I, hey, I have, you know, the guys come to my house twice a year to check, you know, change the filters and check the compressor and fix everything that's, that's not working right. Sure. And at the same time, I'm not taking, I don't want to take the role of the contractor mm-hmm. either, right? I'm not going to get up into the ceiling and install ductwork. Right. But between those two is, is this, the system might be running right. The system might be installed right. And you still might not be happy with what you have. Mm-hmm. And that's where I can come in and say, you know what, you're right. You have a working system, but it's not the right system for your house, or it's not the right system for your office, or it's not the right system for whatever purpose you're using it for. Got it. Um, wow. Let's let's um, let's talk about your journey. I mean, like where w- before you started your business, what were you doing? Yeah. And and uh, I mean, you left Georgia Tech. You graduated from Georgia Tech, and and uh, had had a career journey there. And talk a little bit about that. And you've got an interesting story about why, what motivated you to start Noto Consulting yeah. uh, that we were talking about before we came on the air. So tell that if, if, if you would. Sure. Um, so uh, I'll give a little background on myself, like you said. So, yeah. so um, uh, you know, as you can probably tell, I don't have the, uh, the local accent, if you will. So I'm, I, <laughs> well, I've got that covered, so don't worry about that. <laughs> I was uh, right, but I, I, I was born, born in New York, but did really grew up in South Florida, mm-hmm. um, but did go to Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, you know, a homecoming, if you will. Yep. And, uh, but right after graduating from Georgia Tech uh, with a mechanical engineering degree, I got my first job in New York and mm. started doing mechanical engineering for a pretty large engineering firm there. Mm-hmm. And after about three years um, of living in New York, um, my now wife uh, during that time went from girlfriend to fiance to wife. And, um, after we were married for about a year, uh, there was an opportunity to move to California and this was, you know, young, married, no kids figured Mm. if we're going to take an adventure like that, we might as well do it then. Sure. And we did, we lived in California after that for about seven years and right towards the end of that period of time, we had our daughter and, uh, that was when we started thinking, you know, we should probably at least be on the same side of the country as the rest of our family. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, we found an opportunity to uh, move to Atlanta, and that was about 10 years ago. And uh, I've worked for a few different engineering firms here in Atlanta. And that's that's uh, actually leading right to your, to your point about the story. So so that, that all that time adds up to about you know, 18, 19 years of working mostly for engineering firms. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said earlier, you know, I, I started, you know, kind of realizing, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing the engineering and problem solving that I, that I had wanted. That, that was the reason I got into this. And I started thinking, you know, is there a way that I could, you know, work for myself, start my own company and really get back to solving problems. Right. And, 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 and helping people with their problems. And one of those avenues um, that I looked at was being an expert witness. Mm. Right. Cause, cause there I'm just helping, you know, a lawyer, helping a, a client, you know, solve their problem. They, they, they have a technical issue in a case, right? A lawyer, a lawyer, you know, you wouldn't expect him to be an HVAC expert. You know, he, they, they have to know, they have to know very, you know, little about a whole lot of topics. Mm. Right. And so they, you know, their job is to find the right expert to help them solve that problem. Mm -hmm. And so what I did a few months before I I started my own company was, was, you know, I was still in, you know, working in an engineering firm. I kind of just listed myself on a directory uh, for expert witnesses. And, you know, it was just a, something where I was thinking, you know, if a lawyer calls me and, and is interested, I'll, I'll give this a try and see if I enjoy it. And he reached out to me, um, you know, end of, uh, end of 2020, around December or so, and 
we spoke on the phone and by the end of that phone call, he was like, yeah, yes, I, I want, you know, I want you to be my expert. I can tell you know what you're talking about. And I was like, well, all right, well, let's, let's see where this goes. And, um, you know, it was a real, it was a, it was a case that was perfect for me. It was a, it was a HVAC related case between a homeowner and a home seller or a home mm-hmm. buyer, home seller. And, uh, someone felt that they were kind of sold a bill of goods as it relates to the HVAC of the house. And I was brought on uh, to help the home seller, the defendant, kind of say, well, actually, you know, the, the HVAC system was just fine. You know, they, they all have natural wear and tear over the years. You can't expect a 15-year HVAC system to run perfectly on day one. Sure. And um, that's what I was coming in to provide my expertise and kind of help them through that at, that case. And, and you know, it, 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 in addition to the problem solving, it, it kind of scratched another itch that I, that I really enjoyed when I was, you know, part of the the part of the job I did enjoy when I was, when I was working as an engineer was I loved teaching the younger engineers. I loved, you know, instilling my knowledge on them and experience and working with the lawyer felt like that, right? It felt like I was teaching him about HVAC, Mm -hmm. right? And I was, I was teaching him, here's why the system is okay to run like this. And, and here's why this is not a deficiency or a fault in the system. And, and, and going through that process, you know, when that was over, it took about two or three months. That's when I kind of looked at myself in the mirror, talked to my wife and I was like, you know, I, I can do this. I think I can, you know, start this, start this thing as an, as a, as a actual business. And then, you know, the, the, the engineering firm I was with, um, you know, we kind of had a different of opinion about, you know, the, the way they wanted to go with the company. And mm-hmm. it was kind of a perfect opportunity for me to be like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to start my own thing. Awesome. Now, now did you look out there, uh, Daniel, I'm, I'm always curious about things like this. Cause we have a lot of folks that are in your position, you know, they're in corporate or what have you, um, uh, in the belly, of the beast, shall we say, right. and, and they have an idea. Um, I guess, why did you go start your own firm versus maybe go to another engineering firm that was doing this kind of work? Yeah. And, and that's a great question. Um, that's actually something that went through my mind, um, as part of this process, because, you know, I, you know, my, my wife and I have had these conversations before where every time I changed firms, that's what I said to her was, you know, this next one, this one seems like the right one for me. Mm. And I, and I, and unfortunately I said that four or five times over my career and mm. I, and I felt like, you know, maybe it's not, maybe it's not, maybe it's not the career I'm the, or the, the, the firm. That's the problem. It was the job I was doing, right. I, I, I the firms wanted me to do a job that I didn't want to do. Mm. Right. And I, and I kept thinking, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get to that next engineering firm and, and, and I'm going to find my happy place. Right. And, and I just, I wasn't finding it. And, you know, I, I, I looked at firms, there are companies that do similar things to what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're either one end or the other, right? There, there are companies where you can just be a hired expert witness and all I'm doing is waiting to get a call to be an expert witness, you know, on behalf of a firm. But, then there's also the design firms and there's the drawings work, but I don't, I, I wanted to get away from the drawing work and I, and I wanted to do more than just the expert witness. And I'm, and so far I feel like I've been able to find a niche where I can kind of, like I said at the beginning, you know, the problem solving. Yeah. And I want to talk about the problem solving here in a second, but, um, uh, before we leave the expert witness part, let's talk to attorneys out there who, may need your services in that regard. How do they know that they need you? What, what are the, what are the 
case issues that they might be confronting that would say, hey, I need to bring Daniel in as an expert witness. Right. And that, that's great. Um, thanks, John, because that, that's something I've, I've answered that exact question a couple of times to, to some lawyers saying, OK, so what, why, why should I be calling you? Right, right. Is, is what they're asking me. Sure. Um, and the, the two things that pop out really is construction defect or a mold case. Mm. Now, construction defect, that's pretty obvious. You know, someone's going to say, you know, I got this new house or this new office building and my AC has never been working since the time I moved in. And everyone says the equipment's running and I'm hot every day. That's a pretty easy thing to say. You know, I think I should call an expert in here and see, you know, is this the right, you know, did they put a system that was half as big as it should have been? Right. Um, but a mold case, that's something that a lot of people sometimes do, but, some, but more often than not, don't think of their AC system. Um, a lot of mold lawyers or, or lawyers that work in the mold and litigation area associated with it, you know, they will have experts associated with windows and, and envelope construction and roofing and making sure that water doesn't get into the building. But an AC system itself, when it's cooling, it's drawing the air out. Mm. When it's properly cooling. Okay. Um, so something that we always found in commercial construction, and I'm, I'm starting to try to translate that to, to people on the residential side as well. Um, on commercial side, we always knew that if you oversize your system, right, people are always nervous that, hey, you know, I don't think I have enough cooling. I need to make sure I have enough. I don't want to, you know, a, a contractor or, or, a, or a property manager doesn't want to get a call from their tenant in the middle of August or right now, right? <laughs> right. Yesterday, the heat index was 101, I think. Yep. And, and yep. you know, so it's humid and hot right now, right? Sure. Georgia summer, typical, right? What they don't want is someone calling and saying, I'm hot. So what they might do sometimes is just make the unit too big because they want to make sure you got plenty of cooling. Right. But what's that going to do? It's going to mean that the system's going to run for about 10 or 15 minutes. The thermostat on the wall is going to say, hey, I'm, I'm cool. It's nice and cool in here. You can shut off now. Mm-hmm. And then that unit stays off for another 30, 45 minutes. And then it starts getting warmer, kicks on, but only runs for about 10 minutes mm. and kicks off again. So what are your two problems? One is, I mean, the, the equivalency I always make is think about your car, mm. right? The engine lasts longer, the oil lasts longer when you're driving for a long period of time on the highway, right? What, what, when do you have to do quicker repairs when you're doing city driving, right? Cause stop, start, stop, stop, right. stop, stop. Yeah, stop, that's stop. a good analogy. So, mm-hmm. so your AC system is not going to last nearly as long as it otherwise would. Right. And secondly, you're not drawing the air out, especially in a place like Georgia, where you're getting, you know, the doors are opening outside, you're getting hot, humid air brought into these buildings all the time. The only way you're properly going to dry the air out, unless you, you know, a lot of us, you know, in our basements, we have a dehumidifier, you mm-hmm. know, that thing's doing that all the time. Sure. But for your overall building system, the only way you're going to really dry that air is you have a properly sized HVAC system. So mm-hmm. when I was talking to some old, you know, lawyers that specialize in that, back to your point, mm-hmm. that was the... That, that was something, and, and, and every time I had that conversation, their eyebrows went up and went, oh, that's a great point. I was like, all right, well, let's, <laughs> let's get to work then. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you ought to hire Noto Consulting Group. There you uh, go. Daniel Noto's with us, folks. Uh, he is the owner, founder of Noto Consulting Group. Um, so le- let's, let's talk about, um, uh, I guess, the problem resolution side of your business. And, uh, uh, you mentioned, I guess, uh, when folks need to have you in when they're too hot, too cold and just normal repairs don't cut it. But what happens after that? I mean, somebody calls you and you come in, what, what, how does the consultation unfold? Yeah, that's 
great because um, I'm, I'm actually in the process of that at different stages of that with a couple of different clients right now. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, first thing is people will, which, which is good. They're starting to get associated with, they think of, you know, they have an AC problem. They think of Daniel Noto and they just call me, right. People call me first thing they do when they say, you know, it's, it's taking a long time for my office to cool down in the morning. You know, you know, it's 11 o'clock before we're comfortable or, you know, problems like that. People are complaining. So I say, okay, great. Thank you. You know, first of all, thank you for calling me. But secondly, have you had a technician out yet? Mm. Right. And so that's the first thing before, before I get involved in, in really looking at the system, you know, get your, you know, mechanical service technician company, whoever they are, have them come out, make sure that everything's running right. And then if everything is running correctly and everything's fixed, the filters are replaced, compressors working right, everything is running, you're getting cool air and you're still uncomfortable, then call me back and then I'll come out there. And what I can do at that point is I can apply the engineering knowledge that I've you know, kind of accrued over the years and really determine is the system, you know, like I said before, is the system the right one for you? You know, is it too big? Is it too small? Is it set up in the right way around your space. You know, a lot of people also complain. One of the big complaints is not just necessarily that it's too hot or too cold, but you get hot spots and cool spots through, uh, through an office building, right. especially, especially like an office, you know, big office layout. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the big problems that or a lot of the uh, causes of those types of problems is something as simple as your thermostat location. Ah. People often want an arch- let's say an architect designs a new space, right. Uh, or an interior designer, you know, the, 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 you know, the HVAC system is supposed to be, you know, felt, but not noticed. Right. right. You know, I always joke. It's like the ultimate thankless job, right? No one has ever called me in the history of my career and will never going, Hey, just want to let you know, everything feels great in my building. Right <laughs> That's right. That, just want to report in, right? That, that phone call will never be made. Right. Um, but you know, uh, and, and not only is it that, but it's also, you know, the way everything looks right. And it, you know, Right now we're we're in a studio, right, and and it and it looks very nice, and um, it's set up like a typical radio studio. But you know the thermostat is over there by the door, but you don't even notice it, right? Mm-hmm. And and the idea is to keep it hidden away. You know they don't they, they they don't want it to be part of the aesthetic of the room, and that's okay, as long as it's not in the wrong place. And a lot of times I will come into a place and I'll see a thermostat with direct sunlight. Hitting mm. the thermostat. Oh wow! Um, and what does that do? Right, a thermostat yeah. getting direct sunlight. The thermostat's going to think it's really hot in here. It's really hot, and it's always going to think it's hot. So it's always going to run, and people are going to be freezing all the time. And then you have the exact opposite. You put the thermostat underneath the cold air coming down, and the thermostat's going to think it's always fine, or it's going you know it's going to kick on for five minutes, and as soon as that fifty sixty degree air comes out of that vent. The thermostat's going to say, wow, it's cold in here. Okay, we're good. Mm. And the rest of the office is going to be wondering why they're sweltering. <laughs> and it's because the AC is not running because the, th- the AC thinks everything is, everything's fine. So those are the types of things, you, you know, locating a thermostat is a, you know, I call it low hanging fruit. I mean, that's something that I would walk into a space and immediately, that would, that would probably be one of the first things I would look at if someone was saying, you know, everything's running fine, but we're still uncomfortable. I'd say, okay, let's go walk the space. Let me look for the, let me look for the thermostats. Let me look where the grills are located in the ceiling, especially a lot of these typical office spaces where you have just a tile ceiling. Moving the things above the ceiling is, you know, we could do it on a ladder. You know, I, yeah. I, I probably wouldn't do it. I'd want somebody to come in as a professional, but it's, sure. it's that easy that you can you can move the supply and the return around, you know, uh, in the ceiling to make it more uniform. And uh, you know, so so that and that's what it is. It's it's trying to help them realize that, you know, it's not you know, you're not necessarily every time reinventing the wheel to right. solve the problem. Some of them just need 
but they need someone like me anyway to to provide that, right? Because like I said, I'm filling a need where the technician's going to leave saying, "Here's your, you know, here's your status report. Your AC system is running fine, mm-hmm. and they're not going to come back for six months, right?" And the contractor is going to say, "Hey, I installed it correct. Look at the drawings. Everything is fine. I did my job. Here's my bill. You know, I I did what I was supposed to do." But like I said, there's this gap of who's going to say, okay, everything is, you know, there are eight thermostats. Yes. But are they in the right place? Who, who's responsible for that? And, and that's kind of where I would, you know, fit in the middle. Yeah. And your example, of the thermostat is a real, really a good one, at least for me, because uh, that really doesn't have anything to do with the unit itself. Again, back to the technician, right? I mean, the technician is going to look at what's on the roof or out at around the side of the house. Exactly. And that's all they have responsibility for. And, and that's their knowledge. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's the expensive piece of equipment, right? Like that, sure. that outdoor unit that everyone has outside their house, right? Or on the office, or sometimes it's on top of an office building. Mm-hmm. That's the loud unit. That's the expensive piece of equipment, right? Yeah. The indoor unit in your house is pretty much a fan mm-hmm. and nothing else, right? That, that, if that thing's not working, yes, you're not getting airflow, but it's a, but it's an easy fix. The outdoor unit, that's the expensive fix. So, right, that's where the technician is spending his time making sure it's working. And, you know, they'll they'll go to the thermostat. It's funny because you see them in the house. They'll go to the thermostat real quick to put it on cooling to test the system. But they're not saying, you know, is this the right place for this? You know, there's sunlight coming through that big window right, right onto your thermostat. But yeah, no, no, nobody's thinking, like, that's why your house is always cold. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's not their skill set. So you wouldn't expect them necessarily to exactly to pick up on that. But, um, so do you, are, um, HVAC, uh, systems companies, are they good referral sources for you? Do they, does it come back around that way as well or not? Yeah. Um, I've spoken with them. It, it can be the main, the main people, it can be in a sense that yes, if a technician gets called to a property and everything's working right, and you know, I could be a person that they would then refer to the homeowner to, for example, right? The sure. homeowner might say, "I'm still not comfortable," and the technician would go, "But everything's running right. I don't know what to tell you anymore." Then they can say, "Well, why don't you call Daniel Noto? Have him come in, yeah, look at the system, and you know, and what I can do is I, I would look at the system and I would make recommend, you know, put together a little report for them that that I could have recommendations about, you know, you know, and and you know, do it in a, uh, you know, a lowest to highest impact type thing. Right. Right. You know, you, know, you want to, um, put some curtains on these windows. So the sun isn't hitting your thermostat, right. Mm-hmm. Something, and it, it's not HVAC related, right. But it's a solution to an HVAC problem. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, th- th- those are possible contexts, but really what I, what I tell people is that, it, you know, when people say who's a potential client, right. Who's a potential contact for you, Daniel, anyone that either lives in, installs or is affected by HVAC. And yeah, that's pretty much everybody. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. and, 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 and the other, it actually lends me to another uh, point, John, that um, I was, I was, um, you know, on a, on a networking video call a few weeks ago and someone made the point of saying, you know, your business seems a bit niche, Daniel. And I was like, well, you know what it is. It's, 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 it sounds oxymoronic, but it's niche and everywhere. Right. It's, 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 yes, it is niche that it's HVAC, but every single building you go into is a potential client for me, right? Your home, your office, your restaurant, your, you know, my, I, I spent more than half my career actually on the healthcare side. Mm-hmm. And so I've done work with Northside hospital here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. children's hospital, um, 
big hospital systems out in California, yep. um, medical office buildings. Um, so every, every place you go into that has HVAC is a potential client for me to help them solve a problem they're having. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, it, so yeah, it, it, it is niche. It's a specific problem. But like I was saying, I was telling the person, you know, if I was in California having this conversation, if I, if I was still in San Diego where we used to live, I might not say that every building I go into is a client because San Diego is 72 and sunny, you know, 300 <laughs> days a year. We open our windows a lot there, right? I mean, right. you know, there, there's a lot of natural ventilation in California. Um, there's yeah. not a lot of natural ventilation in Georgia. <laughs> well, certainly not in August. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, uh, so it's, um, you know, you you talk about folks saying you're in a specific niche, that niche is a pretty important one. If you've got somebody that can't figure out why their AC is not cooling, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it, it, suddenly it, oh, the, the, the field opens up dramatically, right? Well, and that's, yeah, exactly. And that's to the point I was saying earlier, right? Nobody's ever going to call me saying, Hey, everything's working fine. Right. But yeah. man, everyone knows a lot about their AC as mm-hmm. soon as it's not working, <laughs> right? <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many people learn immediately, you know, you know, I mean, my, my father's a perfect example, right? He, 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 uh, you know, he was a lawyer for 25 years. He's in, you know, medical real estate for another 25 years. But as soon as his AC system was not working right up at their cabin in the North Georgia mountains, he, st- he, he learned a lot about HVAC <laughs> in the span of a couple hours. There you, you go. Know. There you go. Now you talk, Daniel, about how you prepare a report. You talk about the different recommendations that you uh, give to your clients that, that have a, a problem that you've identified the solutions for. Um, do you implement those solutions or, or do you uh, let them find the contractors necessary to take care of that? Or how, how does that work? Right. So um, step one would be just developing that report, right. those recommendations, and then kind of sitting with the homeowner or the building owner or, you know, developer or whoever's having your know, property manager, whoever the client is sitting with them, going over it, making sure they understand what I'm recommending and the different options available to them. At that point, it really depends on the path they want to go. I have contacts on the contracting side, in the service side, on the, on the product side. And that's actually what helps me put those reports together as well. You know, when I'm, when I'm evaluating um, a problem with a you know commercial system, I have, you know, very long term, close industry contacts at, you know, all the big, you know, train in York and carrier, the, the large, you know, and, and all of the smaller ones too, um, you know, Mitsubishi and, and, and all the, uh, different HVAC company, you know, product companies. And, um, you know, I, I have them on my, in my speed dial on the phone and, you know, an email and a lot of the guys I'm close enough to just text them a quick question and, mm. and, and, you know, and I, I get that information and then, if the homeowner or the client wants to then proceed, you know, I then, yes, I offer that service that, Hey, I can help you manage the project going forward. I can be, or, you know, or I could be your eyes and ears. You know, I was talking with a contractor recently about a project that um, they're doing in addition to a home. And um, they wanted to bring me on to just, you know, evaluate the HVAC, the existing HVAC, the home to help them determine how much more they need for the addition. Right. All right. And so I had a, you know, I'd given them a proposal for just that work. And then there was a second kind of additional proposal of, you know, I can be your eyes and ears as the HVAC gets installed. 
And, you know, they're the contractor running the whole job, but as the HVAC part alone gets installed and they're going to put the ductwork in, have me come out and kind of just oversee the effort for them right. you know, on their behalf, kind of the expert in the field. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, wow. What great work. And, uh, I can't imagine at this point as we record the show in August that there aren't some folks out there that may be in need of your services, Daniel. So let's uh, talk to them and uh, give them your contact information. How can they be in touch? Sure. Um, so again, it's Daniel Noto and the company is Noto Consulting Group. And our website is uh, www.notocg for a consulting group. Dot com. So N-O-T-O-C-G dot com. And my email is uh, just as simple as that. It's Daniel.Noto at NotoCG dot com. Daniel Noto, folks, with Noto Consulting Group. Daniel, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, hey, folks, just a, a quick reminder. I've got an engineer that can help you with back office processes in your business that are weighing you down. Um, they may be running too hot or too cold. Sometimes they're running too cold. And I'm talking about if you're up uh, at night working on your books, or maybe you've got administrative tasks that are dragging you down and you really need to be working on clients. Uh, I've got a suggestion. It involves calling SES Cabido, the chief executive angel over at office angels. Essie's been around for 21 years, and she's got a whole team that handles uh, virtual administrative work, uh, bookkeeping, marketing, uh, 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 just a variety of services. You can go to her website, officeangels.us, to find out more. But my suggestion is just to call her, 770-442-9246. Tell her I sent you and explain your problem, and she'll talk it out with you and see what she can do to help. You'll be glad you did, I assure you, because I use her services myself, and I know of what I speak. So, uh, and, and as we close the show, folks, uh, we'd love it if you would subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Uh, North Fulton Business Radio is the search term. And I would further ask uh, to give us this five-star review. It's not about me. It's not about Business Radio X. It's about great business leaders like Daniel and the other, you know, 600 plus we've had on this show over the last five and a half years, uh, you supporting the show supports them because it helps the show to be found. And, uh, for folks that find the show to potentially use their services. So if you could do that for, for them, uh, I'd greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Daniel Noto, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton business radio.